morning, everyone, and uh, welcome to the JAR. Uh, we're so glad you're here. Uh, some of you may not know this, uh, but I'm actually married uh, to a doctor, and um, I have no medical skills whatsoever, okay? But one of the things that I've found is that by being married to a doctor, once people know that, they start telling me all their medical issues, and they'll tell me more and more and more stuff. And uh, most of the time I'm like, you know, just kind of listen. But every once in a while I'll find someone who I think is pretty gullible. And uh, they'll be like, hey, I have this question. Like, I've got this rash. And I'll say, well, I've got the answer for you. And then I'll just make something up. <laughs> like, it, it won't be anything. And they'll be like, oh. And, and people ask for like a diagnosis. And I'll say, well, have you ever thought about trying this? Or, you know, have you ever thought about diet, changing this? And, and people are so gullible that, that they'll actually do stuff. Now, you know, eventually I tell them, don't do any of that because you'll die. You know, like, that's not going to work. But, but I have that tendency to kind of see that happen. Well, one of the things that I've found when it comes to anxiety is that sometimes we can be pretty gullible. We can listen to a lot of things from a lot of different people, and sometimes people give us advice that is just not helpful whatsoever. For example, the number one thing I often hear when uh, you say, hey, I'm, I'm dealing with some anxiety, they'll say, well, get over it. What? Like, that doesn't help at all. So if you've ever given that advice before, you're an idiot. Um, <laughs> Yeah, those of you on the stream, just type in anyone without any, who has given that advice. They're an idiot. Um, because you are. I mean, I mean, when we're dealing with anxiety, it's very complex and has a lot of different layers to it. And sometimes it's physiologically, uh, sometimes it's situa- uh, situationally, and sometimes it is emotionally. It brings a lot of emotion within each of our lives. Now, like I shared last week, I battled anxiety uh, throughout my life, and uh, I've gone to counseling before. Uh, yes, your pastor's gone to counseling. Um, get over it. And uh, secondly, uh, I've actually been on medications for a season of my life. It was about six months, and they were very helpful, too. I've talked to other friends. There have been many different things in my life that have been extremely extremely helpful. And I want us to look at anxiety today with a holistic approach, that there isn't just one way that's going to bring healing. Uh, There's multiple things. And one of the things that I found is that when it comes to anxiety, it's a spiritual issue as well. Um, I'll explain it uh, to you this way. Have any of you ever been driving before and this particular light comes up on your dashboard. Yeah. Check engine light. Now, I don't know about you, but when the check engine light comes on my dashboard, I get anxious. Like, it freaks me out a little bit. Now, the reality is, though, is what is the check engine light? The check engine light is simply a signal to let you know there is a problem somewhere else in your car. Somewhere in your car, something's not working right, and you need to do something to it. And if you're wise, if you're smart, you'll actually take this to the manufacturer, to the one who made it, the one who can actually fix it. So, 
when it comes to anxiety. What is the definition that we're looking at? Well, here it is. Uh, Among many things, anxiety is this. It is a signal to you, just like the check engine light. It's a signal to you when anxiety hits that says it's time to pray. Anxiety is simply a signal light that's telling you it's time to pray. That you would be wise to actually go back to your manufacturer, to your creator, to the one who made you and pray. Anxiety is the signal alerting that it's time to pray. In other words, folks, if it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. Let me say that again. If it's big enough for you to be worried and anxious all about, then, it is busy, then it's big enough for you to pray about. If it's on your mind, folks, it's in God's heart. Now, our uh, scripture is found in Philippians chapter 4 that we've been looking at uh, throughout this series. And Philippians is in the second half of the Bible uh, in the New Testament. And the guy who wrote this particular letter... What you need to understand is a little background of where he's writing it from. He's not writing it from a tropical beach where he's just thinking about things. Uh, He's not coining it there. He's actually in jail. He's in the slammer. He's in prison. And he is handcuffed to a Roman guard 24 hours a day. Think about that. 24 hours you are chained to a guard. And if there's anything that would create anxiety, then Paul understands it. And yet he writes these words. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by, and what's the next word? What is it? Prayer. For those of you that are on the stream, just type that in right now. Prayer. If you're anxious about anything, he says, go to prayer and petition With thanksgiving, present your requests to God. In other words, if you are having an upcoming doctor's appointment, what should you do? You should pray. If you're worried about your job in any way, what should you do? You should pray about it. For those of you who are students, whether you're in middle school, high school, or in high school, or in uh, college, uh, maybe you have to go to high school twice, I don't know, but... We're not going to name those people right now. But anyways, if you are in college, um, if a test is coming up and you're anxious about it, pray about it. If you're trying out for a sports team or you're trying out for a play or something else, pray about it. That's what Paul says. Because if it's on your mind, folks, it's on God's heart. If it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. So take your request to God. Now, here's something that I have learned about when it comes to prayer. Prayer freaks people out. It does. We all want it. 90% of us would say, yeah. But when it comes to us actually having to pray either out loud or to pray in some setting, it freaks us out. And the reason is, is because we often are asking ourselves, am I doing this right? Am I actually doing this correctly so that God can hear. I mean, are there some prayer rules, right? 
uh, are there some rules for him to do it? And many times that begins basically with the way we address God. For example, should we call him father? Should we call him creator? Should we call him the big guy upstairs? Like, what? I thought you would laugh more with that, but you didn't. So thanks a lot. You really encouraged me this morning. So, um, but is that the way that we, you know, address them? Or when we sign off, like, what do we do? Do we say, amen, in Christ's name, 10-4, good buddy? See, that was better. You laughed on that one. That's good. I, I work hard on this, people. Like, you know, give me a break. Um, and one of the things we, I often hear from people is like, well, God's not answering my prayer, so I must not be doing it right. Is he mad at me for the way I'm doing it? Um, Is he just not listening in a certain way? Does that offend God in some way? I mean, what about if you fall asleep? If you fall asleep, is that like God's going to check off five times? Well, five prayers not going to get answered because you fell asleep. Do you have to have a certain language when you pray, like the King James language? Hearken unto thy voice, O thy Lord. Hide not thyself from thy supplication. What? No. No, you don't do that. You just be yourself. Talk to God in your normal, everyday language. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. Paul said, pray about everything because God cares about it all. The little stuff, the middle stuff, the big stuff, he cares about it all. Present your requests to God. In fact, uh, in uh, the New Testament language, which is Greek, when we hear this phrase, present your requests to God, what it actually means is let your needs be known. You actually let your needs be known. God wants to know your needs. In other ways, you, you do it in your own way. You don't pray the way that Chris Bunch prays, and you don't pray the way that prayer ninja weighs. Uh, any of you know a prayer ninja? You ever been in a group of people before, and all of a sudden, prayer ninja shows up. And you know what prayer ninja is? Prayer ninja. Is the person that when you're in a circle, all of a sudden it gets to this person and this is what they do. Something like this. Oh God, I know you say in Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon against me shall prosper. Hallelujah. Do that for the people right now. And you're sitting there in a circle of people that are praying like that. And all of a sudden you're like, I'm not that good. I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to let the prayer ninja, you know, take care of it. And Folks, God doesn't want you to compare yourself to prayer ninja. He doesn't want you to compare yourself to me. He wants you to be honest with the language that you're at. As my uh, girls tell me all the time, you do you, Dad. You do you. And in the same way, when it comes to your Heavenly Father, He simply wants you to do you. Uh, My wife Jennifer and I, we have uh, two uh, daughters Uh, our oldest is named Jordan and our youngest is named Shiloh. And I want you to know, they don't have any problem whatsoever letting their needs be known. They have no problem sharing those with us and they do it in very unique and creative ways. For example, my oldest daughter, Jordan, uh, is a person who is very logical. She's very rational. 
She thinks about everything. And if she has needs that she thinks that I should be meeting, she'll come to me like a little attorney. And she'll have her briefcase, she'll have the whole deal, and she'll be like, Dad, logically, the reason why this need needs to be met is because of blah, 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 blah. And she'll be very focused on this, and she'll give facts and data. One time she had, like, flip charts. She's like, Dad, now this need right here, and, like, it's, <laughs> I'm serious. Like, graphics, the whole thing, that's her. That's the way she wants to get her needs to be met. Now, my youngest daughter, Shiloh, does it in a very different way because she is the youngest. And by being the youngest, she uses, uh, you know, other ways. And uh, the way that she typically does it is she manipulates me. Uh, What she does is, is she comes up and she kind of like cuddles with me. Or uh, she will actually like have these puppy dog eyes and be like, Oh, Dad, I really just need this. Like, I just need it. And she'll rub my back, and she knows that my love language is physical touch. And so there's all this, you know, loving things coming. And then once she knows she's got me in her hand, she will not surrender. <laughs> like, she will do whatever it takes, and she will say, Well, Dad, you know I am the baby of the family. <laughs> I mean, she will try anything to make it happen in her way. Now, they both are very creative. They're very unique when they want to share their their, uh, needs. And what I simply want to say is this. In the same way, when you come to God, you simply do it in your own way. And maybe for some of you, you're like a talker, and so you talk to God. Maybe for others of you, you're a writer. You can write those out. It's okay. For some of you, maybe you sing it out. Uh, my youngest daughter, like I said, Shiloh, she's, she loves to sing, and she'll just sing her prayers back and forth and through, and then she'll go, and my dad needs to give this to me. My dad needs to give this to me. She'll, she'll do whatever it is. But whatever you're comfortable in doing when it comes to letting your needs be known, God says do it that way. Now, for some of you, I know it's more like a sigh. It's like a rolling of the eyes, like, really, God? Like, I'm still dealing with this anxiety. I'm still dealing with this issue, whatever it is. For some of you, you're more joy-filled. For some of you, you get angry. God doesn't come through in a certain way or you're feeling anxious. And you know what? This is the thing. God has dealt with a lot of temper tantrums in his life. Yours isn't new to him, okay? So if you come to him in that way, he's fine with that. He's big enough for your anger. The truth is he already knows what's in your heart anyway. Now, Here's what I want you to know. What I want you to know is that I'm a dad, an earthly father. And the truth is, I like my kids to need me. Now, don't tell them that, okay? But I like them to need me. Because when they were little, there were needs that I could care for. And for some of you that have children that were dedicated today, um, you meet a lot of different needs. And sometimes maybe you think it's crazy, but I'm telling you, there comes a point where they don't need you quite so much anymore. And it's so important for me to feel that sense of being needed. I'm telling you, your heavenly father who created you, he knows your needs. He loves you so much and he wants to hear whatever it is that your need is for you to share it with him. Again, Paul encourages us in every situation with prayer and petitions, let your needs be known to God. So, 
little review real quickly. Uh, that was your first fill-in, by the way. Uh, for those of you that are on the stream, uh, you can put it on the app, but this is the fill-in. Uh, what is anxiety? It is the signal alerting you that you need to pray. That you actually need to go to your manufacturer, to your creator, to the one who can help you. The one who knows you best and the one who loves you most. Now, one of Jesus's uh, closest friends was a guy by the name of Peter. And uh, Peter, if you look at his story, uh, the reality is, is that he battled with anxiety himself. And uh, we see this in multiple ways. And he gives us words, though, after dealing with it and being close to Jesus on how you can deal with your anxiety. He says this um, in 1 Peter 5. He says, humble yourselves, therefore, under, and what's the next three words? What's it say? God's mighty hand. He says, humble yourself under God's mighty hand that you may Lift that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all of your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. Cast all of your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. So, when anxiety comes, what do you do? Well, this scripture says this you humble yourself and you pray. And I'm telling you, folks, I do this way more than you could ever imagine. Now, what I'm going to share with you next is not to complain, is not to say my life's any more difficult than anyone else, because the reality is everybody's got their own stuff, right? Everybody's got their stuff. In fact, everybody that's on the stream right now, type that in. Everybody's got your stuff. And um, what I'd like you to do here in the auditorium, that you would just turn to the person and just tell them real quickly. Everybody's got their stuff. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell them. Yeah, everybody's got their stuff. So for me, this was my stuff uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, It was fall break, and we went to Washington, D.C. as a family. And we were in Washington, D.C. I'm enjoying this time, hanging out with my family. When I get a phone call from a lady in the church who is an amazing woman uh, and who I love very much, and her son had tragically died. And I get this call, and she's weeping on the other side of the phone. And she already has lost two other children before. So this is the third child that she has had to bury. And the pain was deep, and the pain was great, and we worked together uh, on trying to figure out how we could figure out a way for a funeral to take place, but I wasn't going to be back in time, and so we had to find a, a pastor in our church to do that who said they would, and we figured it all out. I prayed with her. I kept in contact with her over the next few weeks, and uh, that was it. And... Um, I went back on my vacation, and uh, the last day of the vacation, we're getting ready to go to Mount Vernon where uh, George Washington uh, had his plantation. And as I'm there, I get a phone call from another person in our church who uh, had lost their dad. And this was somebody that we had reached out to. They're neighbors of ours, amazing people. Four months ago, um, he had lost his uh, mom as well. And so mom and dad both lost within a four-month period of time, and I'm on vacation trying to figure out, and I find everything out, and I figure it all out, and figure out what date uh, we would have the funeral, and uh, then I drive back. And when I get back, 
you know, when you're on vacation, you ever have that thought where you're like, man, I got a lot of stuff that I'm going to have to deal with. And I'm feeling a little anxious about all of this, even though I'm teaching on anxiety this next Sunday. And in the midst of all that, I get so anxious that I'm just overwhelmed. And I'm not really sure what to do because uh, I had staff meetings and that was going to take place on Tuesday. We had the anxiety uh, island campaign where we still had stuff we had to uh, deal with. And both of my girls had started back in swimming and ballet. So that meant carpooling duty. And Wednesday comes and I'm freaking out. I mean, I'm freaking out. Like, how am I going to do this all? And then the pastor who had done the funeral told me, well, I can't do the graveside service, so I'm going to need you to do that. So on Thursday, I was going to have two funerals that I was going to have to prepare and to be a part of that, and I'm overwhelmed to the max. And so Wednesday morning comes up. I'm freaking out. I have an elders meeting. We had to deal with some issues that were there. I had to drive back home, get my girls to school. I come back, and I'm like, i got to run because I'm so overwhelmed. I need some of this anxiety out. And I start running I'm like, God, I don't even know what to do. And I feel this prompting. Chris, you're not in control of this. I am. You're not in control of this. I am. And then this was uh, the thing that was so convincing for me. I'm not asking you to actually just work your way through this. I want you to pray your way through this. I was like, what's that mean? No, I want you to pray your way through this, Chris. And so I went home, even though the next day I was having two funerals, and I took two hours where all I did was pray, asking God. And all of a sudden, there was a difference that came because I had placed everything into his hands. He wasn't asking me to produce something as your pastor. He was asking me to pray my way through this. Now, I don't know how this applies in your life right now, but some of you are thinking you're a producer. You've got to produce things. You've got to do things. I've got to figure things out. And maybe what God is actually saying is, I just want you to pray through this. Because anxiety is a signal alerting you to the fact that you need to go to prayer. To the one who knows you best and the one who loves you most. It's time to seek God in prayer. So, let me ask you this morning. Do any of you feel down? Is there anyone on the stream right now? You're depleted. You're discouraged. Is there anyone that just is like, I've got so much going on. I just feel like I'm sinking. I'm just sinking deeper and deeper. You know, Peter, uh, the guy uh, who wrote the words that we just read when he said, Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up. That particular passage means so much more if you understand Peter's story. You see, Peter's story was not just writing these words, but he had learned from this because Peter actually found himself one day sinking in water. He was literally about to drown. You see, Peter, uh, one night, was out fishing with the disciples. Jesus did not go out with them. He had gone to spend some time in prayer. And while they're fishing, all of a sudden they look out, and it's Halloween. They look out and they see, I don't know if it was Halloween when this day came, okay? I'm just saying, it's Halloween today. And they see a ghost, what they appear, what appears to be a ghost, and they freak out. And as it gets closer, it's not a ghost, it's actually Jesus. And he's walking on water. And all the disciples see this, and 
Peter is the only one who has the audacity to actually believe that he could walk on water too and walk out to Jesus. No human being in the history of the world has ever walked on water. He is a fallible human being, but he gets out and he starts walking on water. And he sees Jesus and everything's going great and he's walking, but then he notices the circumstances around him. He sees some wind and he sees some waves and his anxiety kicks in going, what is going on? And he gets ready to have some fear that consumes him. And in the midst of this, he starts to sink and he's sinking down and he's drowning. And for those of you that may know the story, what did Jesus do? Well, what Jesus didn't do was he didn't go, hey, loser, don't you have faith? Go ahead. You don't have faith. Just go down. No, the scripture actually says that Jesus reached out and lifted him up. He reached out and lifted him up. And look at what the text says that Paul or that Peter had written. Humble yourselves under his mighty hand that he may... Lift you up in due time. You see, it wasn't just words that he was writing. He actually had experienced it before where he was sinking. He was about ready to drown. And Jesus reached down and lifted him up. And he said, anything you're going through, if you humble yourself, his mighty hand is there to reach down and lift you up in due time. So. Let me say this. If you're sinking, maybe the problem isn't that you're sinking. Maybe the problem is you're not reaching up your hand to God. Let me say that again. If you're sinking, maybe the problem perhaps is not that you're sinking. Perhaps the problem is, is that you're not reaching up your hand to God. I mean, the truth is, if you reach out to him... He will lift you up in due time. In fact, there's a little secret that I'm going to share with you right now. Would you like to hear it? Yes. Okay. Those of you on the stream, would you like to hear it? Just put yes. Type it in. Yes. Here's the secret. At the end of our celebration, we're going to close in a song that talks about the power of God coming down in such a way that lifts us up, that calls the darkness to tremble, that allows fear to tremble, that allows anxiety to tremble because God is able to reach down and to lift us up. Now, I know some of you uh, are thinking, okay, so that sounds good. Well, this is the challenge that I'm going to give you is I'm going to actually ask you to lift your hand up with any concern, worry that you have to God. Now, some of you are like, that ain't my style. I don't lift up my hand. Yes, you do. Today, when we watch NFL football, you know what some of you are going to be doing? Yes! They scored. You go to rock concerts, you're like, yes! So, I'm just asking you to do it a little bit in church. Okay, we'll turn down the lights, it'll be dark, no one will see you. But whatever is on you that's weighing you down, your anxiety, why don't you lift it up and give it to God with your hands. Now, uh, what do lifted hands symbolize? What do lifted hands symbolize? 
Well, today, when you watch NFL games, uh, you'll see somebody score a touchdown, and they'll put their hands up like this. And why do they put their hands up? Because they're saying, victory! I've got a victory! But you know what also hands up symbolizes? Surrender. And this is what I want you to understand. That when you lift your hands up, actually, maybe it means both. Maybe it means that you're lifting your hands up, asking God for victory over your anxiety, over your struggles, over your stress. And at the same time, you're surrendering. You're casting all of your cares upon him because he cares so much for you. Cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. So, for some of you. You're battling anxiety right now in a difficult way. What do you do? What do you need to do if you're battling anxiety? Well, what I want to give you right now is uh, kind of a uh, cycle of anxiety. You need to know what the cycle of anxiety is because if you don't, you'll just continue to stay in the cycle. And here it is. Here's the cycle. First, you feel anxious. You feel Wait, you feel dread, you feel overwhelmed, you're feeling anxious. So what do you try to do? You try to control the fact that you don't like the way that you're feeling and you attempt to try to take control. I'll make this happen. I'll change him. I'll change her. I'll fix him. I'll fix her. I'll control this. I'll control that. And you try to take control. The problem is the more that we try to take control, the more that we feel like we're losing control. And the more we feel like we're losing control, the more we try to control or at least try to attempt to contain control, control again. And the more we control, the more anxious we feel. And what happens is you get in this cycle and then you just get more anxious and anxious because you're trying to control everything and your attempts are not successful. But you do it more and more and we feel more anxious and more anxious and more anxious. So what do you do? Well, you've got to start in knowing where is this going? Where is the cycle? And then this is the thing, folks. You've got to break the cycle. You've got to break the cycle as quickly as you can. You break the cycle. You shatter the cycle. You get rid of it. How do you do it? You break the cycle. How do we break the cycle, Chris? Well, this is it. You don't always have power to control things, but you always have the power to surrender. Let me say that again. You don't always have the power to control whatever it is, but you always have the power to surrender. Folks, you can't fix everything. Everything that's going on in your life, you can't fix it all. And if you're dealing with some anxiety, counseling is important. Medication is important in some cases. But those two things alone can't fix it either. I'm telling you, we can't always fix everything, but we can surrender anything to God. You can't always fix everything, but you can't surrender anything to God. We can surrender our burdens, our darkness, whatever, to God. We can take it to Him. We can take it to God. 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 In fact, that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to give you an opportunity, as the band leads us in this closing song, for you to be able to take any worry, any weight, any anxiety, whatever you're feeling, whatever it is, that you can take 
that to God. And the scripture tells us that when we take that to him, the darkness actually trembles. So right now, uh, for those of you who are here in the auditorium, I'd like you to stand. So go ahead. If you would, just go ahead and stand. For those of you that are on the stream, if you want to stand as well, that's good also. But everyone, please stand. And what I want you to do is I want you to think about what is it in your life that is weighing you down? Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a battle with lust or pornography. Maybe what's weighing you down right now is the fact that you can't pay your bills. You're struggling with that. Maybe it's a kid that's gone away. Maybe you're a student and school is so overwhelming right now. And it's weighing you down. And at any time during this song, whenever you're ready, I'm going to encourage you to simply lift your hand and release that to God. Maybe you're only a one-handed person, okay? Maybe some of you are like, no, man, I'm two-handed. I don't care what it is. But whatever the anxiety is, cast your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. And as you surrender your anxiety to him, I think what you're going to experience is a peace in this moment. Because at the name of Jesus, folks, darkness trembles. At the name of Jesus, fear subsides. And at the name of Jesus, anxiety is removed as we're able to ask for victory over it and surrender to him at the same time as we cast our cares upon him. Oh, 
thank you so much that you are the one when we're feeling anxious and overwhelmed that you silence the fear in our lives you silence the anxiety 